0: this is the moss podcast moss stands for motivation over stressful situations i am your host brandon moss also known as mcb moss or better known as dj b moss um the reason why i started this podcast was because um i always felt like people as a whole we all need motivation in some type of ways you know and I find my motivation in in listening to people like Will Smith, Terrence J, Steve Harvey. Those are um, my mentors that I look up to as far as the getting motivation. So I figured that since I'm always motivating people through my social media accounts and through you know Facebook, Instagram, and everything like that, I figured I'd start a podcast just to motivate people. Like I'm just letting y'all know <laughs> when y'all listening to this. This ain't no preacher sermon. I will be cursing. I will be, you know, I'll be telling y'all some real shit, you know what I'm saying? So, but it won't be nothing it won't be nothing out of the ordinary, you know? some sometimes I might I might have certain guests on here that, that might tell you a story that they went through, you know what I'm saying? Anybody could go through different things that they need motivation for. And that's what I'm here cuz I find motivation in in all forms of life. If I see somebody on Facebook and I see today that they just just graduated, you know. That's motivation for me. You know, I, I'm just happy to see people happy, and that's just the kind of person I am. If anybody knows me, they know that I'm a, I'm the type of person that that loves success, that love to see people succeed. I I, I I love that. I love watching people succeed. You know, it's a lot of people out here that don't like to see people succeed, or they'll they'll low key hate on you because. You're doing better than them, or something like that, and in reality we are we all are not better than one another. you know, we're all not better than one another, but we all can find ways to better ourselves not to be better than the next person, but we find ways to better ourselves so um with that being said, I wanted to let y'all know a quick backstory of myself. Um, for those of y'all who don't know everything about me, well, not everything about me, but who, for those of y'all who don't know anything personal about me, I just want to go ahead and just put this out here so everyone can know what's going on. Um, the first episode of this podcast is going to be called Humble Yourself. Humble Yourself. <laughs> and the reason why I call this episode Humble Yourself is because, well, let me just break everything down to you, all right, so. I'm thirty-one years old. For those of y'all who listen, I'm thirty-one years old. You know what I'm saying? At the age of seventeen, I graduated high school. I went to college. And but by the time I was in college, I also had a job. Now this is two thousand and five now. Two thousand and five I was making nine dollars an hour at the hospital. Now mind you, that's a lot of money in two thousand and five, if you're seventeen years old. Now I'm definitely not making $9 an hour now, but in 2005, I was making $9 an hour working at St. Dominic Hospital in Jackson, Mississippi, you know what I'm saying, and to me, that's a lot of money, Um, and if you're 17, that's a lot of money, so, you know, I was still going to school, I was working at the hospital, I was, you know, buying all the nicest clothes, all the nicest shoes, all the nicest You know, everything I could find just to like get a female's attention or or to get, you know, someone's attention that I liked or something like that. Back then at 17 years old, I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't know about life. I just knew about the things that made people happy. But in reality, none of those things really made me happy. I just looked for the satisfaction in others to try to get happiness from others. And at 17, I didn't know that, you know, so. Me buying a shoe, a pair of shoes every time I got paid, or me buying a, a outfit every two or three, you know, it's buying two or three outfits every time I get paid. You know what I'm saying? Getting a nine, getting an eight, nine hundred dollar check every two weeks, or well, it's probably like six or seven hundred. Yeah, it was like six or seven hundred dollar check every two weeks. It's like, oh my god, you know, at seventeen years old, I'm still, even though I'm still living with my folks, I just graduated high school, living with my folks. So it's like, I ain't really had to pay nothing. You know what I'm saying? I think I gave my folks like a hundred dollars uh a hundred dollars a week or something like that hundred dollars a check you know i can't i can't remember but but at that time i knew that i just wanted nice shit. you know what i'm saying i just i just wanted nice stuff so um I, and, I, and that lasted all the way until like i was probably about 22 years old but i'm gonna do, you know we're not gonna get to that point yet at now 24 years old. So from 17 to 24 years old, I was pretty much lost in my life. You know what I'm saying? I was lost in my life. I was just buying a whole bunch of shit I bought. I, I probably, like by the time I was 24, 25 years old, I, I noticed I had a, almost 55 pairs of shoes. I definitely don't even have 55 pairs of shoes now. It was it was somewhere. It was some crazy numbers, 50-some pair of shoes. It was like clothes for days. It was, you know, just Polo clothes, you know what I'm saying? Like, this this name brand shit that didn't even really fucking matter to me. It's just like, I just got it because I wanted other people to see that I was fresh. I wanted other people to see that I was dope. I wanted to fit in with other people. You know what I'm saying? So I eventually... I eventually um, left Jackson, Mississippi in 2006, and the reason why one of the reasons why I left Jackson, Mississippi was um, even though I would like try to buy all the nice clothes and shoes and shit like that, I still felt lost. You know, like I never really was that kind of person that was, uh, how would you look at it, being popular in, in high school or being, you know, um, being well known or some shit like that. I didn't play sports. Only thing I was known for was ROTC. <laughs> And like, you know, even that didn't even last long. You know what I'm saying? So like um being being in college, you know, I'm finally starting to see where I, I fit in. You know, I found a group of individuals that I was really cool with and everything like that. But me working in the hospital, still having good clothes, shoes and everything like that, and in junior college, I'm like, damn, you know, I'm I'm still unhappy. You know, mentally, I was still unhappy. No one's seen that, but I was still unhappy. So, um, and I'm going to get to the main story. Like, this is basically I'm letting y'all know, like, every time when I, every, this podcast is basically motivation. So, if, if y'all can just listen to my story and find motivation within y'all self, because that's pretty much every episode I'm going to be telling a story about a, a part of my life. So, back to what I was saying. 2006 somewhere up in there 2006 I, so no 2006 yeah i met my um biological father i got back in contact with my biological father who lived in augusta georgia at the time and um i told him i said man listen um i'm really not happy living here you know me and my stepfather we wasn't on the best of terms you know even though we worked at the same hospital we wasn't on the best of terms and um i just really only wanted to be away from the house that I was living in. So I um eventually left. My dad my my, my dad, my real father, my biological father, he told me he said, "Listen, um I'm not going to guarantee that everything will be easy for you when you move to Georgia. If you decide to move to Georgia, but I can guarantee it was it will be a better life if you work hard." And I never forget those words. So if you ever like I know every, every let me listen, to, everyone's listening right now. If you ever wanted to like, if you was young, like, I know everyone had this story. If you said, like, hey, if I move somewhere, I'm going to be a completely different person. Like, if you ever had the opportunity to move somewhere, you'll be completely... I know everyone said that at some point in their life. I had that opportunity, and I took it. So um, once I moved, I, I remember me sitting in the back. My dad came and got me. My biological father, Karen in Jackson, Mississippi. He got me, and um, he was like you know, are you ready for this move? So I moved, moved to Augusta, Georgia. Uh, mind you now, I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to get, I, I had a good ass job working in um, Jackson, Mississippi. I moved to Augusta, Georgia, didn't need to have a, a, a job. You know, I couldn't even find a job. And the reason why I couldn't find a job, because even though I was working as a pharmacy tech in Jackson, Mississippi, back in 2005, you didn't have to go to school to be a pharmacy technician. Back in 2005. So when I was a pharmacy technician, I didn't go to school. I didn't have no certifications or anything. The only thing I had was experience. And when I moved to Georgia, they wanted you to be certified. So that was a very, very, very hard thing because I'm like, well, I'm not certified as a pharmacy tech, but I've worked. I have the experience. And most places that I applied to didn't care. So when I got to Georgia, I needed a job so bad that I worked at a place in the mall Called Auntie Annie's. I don't know if y'all remember that, but uh it's a presser place in the mall. And um I was just so like miserable because I, you know, I was like, damn, did I make a big mistake when I moved to Augusta? Did I make a big mistake you know, having a good ass job, having nice shoes and clothes and everything like that? And um I, I wasn't I wasn't even able to goddamn barely buy me lunch with the check I was getting. Here I am, I was making goddamn nine dollars an hour and um in a in Jackson, Mississippi, and then I came to Georgia and couldn't find a job. And <laughs> and then I ended up I ended up finding one, but it was at Auntie Annie's and, and, and I was like, well fuck it, I'll take anything at this point. So I took the job. I worked there for about two weeks. <laughs> I worked there for about two weeks. But um that part of my life I had to humble myself. That was one part, and then, and it's three parts of my life I, I had to humble myself, but this was the first part. And one of the main reasons was um, it don't matter how much shit you got, God could take it away from you, you know what I'm saying? And that was one of the parts I was like, well, even though that wasn't really God taking it away from you, it's like he had to show me a lesson. So at that point, I needed to changed my life moved from jackson mississippi Move to move to augusta georgia and say okay i want to be this type of person what kind of person do you want to be do you want to like be a nobody you know because that's how i felt when i was at jackson mississippi i felt like i was a nobody nobody really knew me not like that you know say a couple people knew me but not my my career now if you ask anybody i went to high school with they will say They would not expect me being this person I am now, and I. But but I'm a very humble person. Like I'm I'm very appreciative of everybody that says they're so proud of me, because I'm proud of everybody else as well. So that was the first time I had to humble myself. Working at Auntie Annie's, worked there for about two weeks. Could not, didn't like it at all. Worked there for two weeks, and my cousin got the job. She was the manager. So um, (laughs) so what I did was um. I was a hustler. That's how I learned how to be a hustler. My dad said, listen, if you really want it, you got to go out there and get it. So I knew I wasn't certified as a pharmacy technician, but I also knew that working in the state of Georgia, not all places, not every place you have to be certified to work. So I knew I knew I couldn't get into the hospital right off the bat, but I can get into these retail pharmacies. So in Augusta, Georgia, I applied to every CVS in augusta georgia and every walgreens in augusta georgia and every Rite aid in augusta georgia now if y'all unfamiliar with those places y'all know that um those are pharmacies i didn't i didn't want to apply at the desk those are pharmacies so i i applied to every last one and i knew somebody was gonna call me back eventually a cvs called me back so i told them what it was i told them what kind of experience i had they um they accepted me um uh, working Making only seven dollars an hour, I said, "Okay, cool. It's better than this five dollar an hour job I was working at the um, I was making at the um, at the presser place." So, I was like, "Okay, cool." I accepted a job at CVS. Working at CVS. Now, mind you, I don't have my. I didn't have my own car. My dad took me. I didn't have no car. I didn't have only. Only thing I had was just the clothes on my back. And I. I had a car in Mississippi, but I left that car in Mississippi because I always said I You know, I said if I can buy my first car, which I did. My parents didn't help me buy my first car. I bought my own first car in Jackson, Mississippi. But I left that same car in Jackson, Mississippi, and I gave it to my sister because I said, if I can buy my first car, I can buy my second car. So what I did, I moved to Augusta, Georgia, got got the job at Auntie Annie's, quit Auntie Annie's, got the job at CVS. Now I'm at CVS. I leave CVS. I mean, I didn't leave CVS. I'm working at CVS for about six months. Well, I said like three months. I'm working at CVS for three months. Mind you, my dad is taking me back and forth to work, but he don't mind taking me back and forth to work because he knew I was a hustler. He knew I wanted to, you know, I was, I was working towards getting a car. So as I'm at CVS, I get a phone call at work while I'm in the pharmacy, and I was still applying for other jobs too because my ultimate goal was to get in the hospital. So, um, a hospital called me, the Medical College of Georgia at the time, that's what they were called, and um the hospital called me, and I they called me, and actually no, they didn't call me. I called them because I was like, "Listen, um, I was trying to figure out what's the update of my application at that point, at that moment, I was willing to take any shift, any shift, day, night, overnight. I didn't care what it was, but I because I knew hospital paid more than working in CVS. So they um eventually it was like, yeah, we was trying to call you, but um, you know, your phone was going straight, it was dead, or it was something. But I think it was because they had my dad's old number there and they wanted an updated phone. Now my I I didn't have a phone then either. It was bad for me. I didn't have a phone, didn't have no car, I didn't have no money. Like I didn't have nothing. So I, I eventually just stayed on top, you know, of calling the hospital. So I called the hospital. They told me that they um, they liked me or whatever. So I finally got an interview. They liked my, my resume. So I finally got an interview. I interviewed with them. Now, mind you, I'm I'm like, I think I'm like 18 years old now. Nin- 19 years old. I'm 19 years old, you know, about to apply for a job at the hospital, trying to get a job at the hospital. I'm 19 years old. And I applied. They said 24 people applied for my job. And out of those 24, they picked 12 people that actually had experience. And out of that 12, they wanted a male. Out of that 12, they picked six males to interview. And out of those six, I got the position that I wanted. Working at the hospital from 2.30 to 11. Making $13 an hour. Way more than I was making in, in Jackson, Mississippi. Way more than I was working at CVS. But mind you, working 2.30 to 11. So, I didn't quit CVS at the time. And I was still working at CVS. I told CVS, I said, listen, I just got this job at the hospital. I'm trying to get a car. Um, can I adjust my schedule to where I work 7 in the morning to 2 in the afternoon, and then I leave from CVS at 2 and go to the hospital from 2.30 to 11? Now, I wonder, I bet you I was wondering, like, how the hell did you make it there without a car? Well, the blessing in disguise was that CVS was directly across the street from the hospital that I worked at. (laughs) So it worked out perfectly, like literally directly across the street. So I would leave the hospital. I mean, I leave CVS at 2 o'clock, go straight to the hospital and be there from 2.30 to 11. So I'm working 7 in the morning to 11 at night, straight, straight. Like, the only time I got a break was that 2 o'clock to 2.30 when I had to switch jobs. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I knew I was a hustler. I needed to get money so I could buy me a car. Like, nothing is going to stop me from getting this car. I worked at CVS in the hospital for about six months. Then I was able to get save up enough. Actually, it was like three months. Saved up enough money because I remember me getting, I got hired in February, and by April I had a car. Chevy Malibu, and now I'm like, well, you know, I'm still work out, CVS, work CVS, but eventually me and CVS didn't work out because um, they didn't really want to adjust to my schedule. They wanted me to kind of work like at night in the evening. And I was like, I can't really work in I work at the hospital, and I'm not going to quit the hospital for CVS. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because I mean, even though CVS hired me first, the hospital paid me more so eventually I ended up leaving CDS and working full time at the hospital now I'm making $13 an hour (laughs) $13 an hour doing my thing you know what I'm saying now it's like okay I I work at the hospital I'm doing my thing I don't know nobody I still don't know still don't have friends I don't have friends I'm like okay well the only thing I got is my brothers and um, my brothers were still, you know, they were still kind of young. One of them was still in high school. The other one was out of school. Um, but I was I was 19 years old at the time. I wanted to go out. So I one day, I, I, I like for like two months straight, I just went to the club by myself. Went to the club by myself. And I said, yeah, I'm going to meet some people. Because back in Jackson, Mississippi, I never really went out to clubs like that unless I was with one of my homies. You know what I'm saying? Unless my homies brought me out. And I was on a strict curfew. I couldn't even, like, go out like that. I had to s- pretend to spend the night at my homies' house. Just so I can go out to the club with them. So, so um, but in Augusta, my dad gave me a little bit more freedom. So um, my dad said, "You're grown. Do what you want. Just don't bring nothing back that you didn't leave with." I think he was talking about females. But um, so, my dad um, was was he was a real lenient guy. So I, I left. I went out. Started, you know, doing my thing, meeting people. I finally met um, one of my homeboys who was a DJ, and um, well, at that at that time he was a DJ. I don't even know if he's DJ anymore because we're not really friends like that. But um, he was just, you know, he he was in the club DJing or whatever like that, and you know, I just I just met him because I, I never was the kind of person to go and talk to people. So I was like, well, shit, you want to change your life, Beatmos, you Brandon, <laughs> if you want to change your life, Brandon, you want to just like just go meet people. You never know who could take you to the next level. So. um, Walked over to him, his name was Brent. I said, Yo, what's good, homie? He's like, What's up? I said, Man, um, yo, I'm I'm B Moss. That's what I'm going by now, because you not know, everybody just knows me as Brandon. So, yo, I'm B Moss. Um, I just, just wanted to meet you, you know what I'm saying? I don't really got many friends, just moved out here. Oh, what's up, nigga? Like, you know, what's good? You know, we can hang, you know, pretty much. So he 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 became one of my good friends at the time. And um eventually, like we I would get in the club free because that's my homie. So now I got a friend. Then eventually he was like, "Yo, man, I really need a host. I need a host. Like, I don't, I can't DJ and talk on the mic at the same time." And I was like, "Shit, I can host. Man, I, that can't be that hard. I can give me a mic. I, I went and bought a mic. I think the mic was 150 dollars. Went and bought a mic, microphone, and I said, um so yeah, I'm gonna be, a, I'm gonna be a host.' So that's when the MC B Moss came in to play. Now." Mind you, fast forward, I'm gonna fast forward it real quick because I know I don't wanna just put my life out there without everybody knowing the reason why I'm saying this story. Now I'm back at the point in my life where I was before when I was working at St. Dominic in, in Jackson, Mississippi because I'm making all this money at the hospital and I'm in the club with my homie as one of my best friends, as the DJ. So you know females all in our face now I'm back in my, now I'm back. Now I feel like I'm shit. Like then I just thought I was the shit because I just bought nice shit. But now I, I'm, I'm working at the hospital. I got a good ass job and I'm wearing nice ass clothes and I'm in the club on the mic as that nigga. So I'm that nigga in the club and I'm that nigga off the club. That shit crazy. That's how I felt. Buying clothes, shoes. Once again, I'm back, back, back to where I was again. Buying all a whole bunch of shit, like buying a whole bunch of clothes, trying to look good for these hoes and shit like that. Like, and that lasted for like, probably like the next five years of my four years of my life, from 2008 to 2012. And I saw, I, I fast forward real quick because all that money i had spent on clothes and shoes just to impress these hoes could have been invested into like a a business into the into credit building my credit into a house it could have been invested but i was young see as a black man did nobody teach me about shit like that in high school they don't teach you about Establish your credit. They don't teach you about investing your money. They don't teach you about how to file your taxes. Life teach you that shit, and the reason why life teach you that shit because by that time you learn it. By the time you learn it, it's already fucked up. It's already fucked up, and that's why I was in my life. I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm moving, I'm moving too fast, and I don't even know it. And the reason that's, the the, the thing that slowed me down was in 2000 and, and 11, and I'm moving forward. Like I said, I'll fast forward it real quick. 2011, September 29th, 2011, I'm working at the hospital. Still the same hospital, Medical College of Georgia. 2011, they called me into the office, and they said, Brandon, we got to let you go. They taking a big layoff at the hospital. They laying off a lot of people. Five people from the pharmacy got to go. I'm sorry, you just the luck of the draw. That's what they said. You're just one of those people. You got to go. Now, mind you, remember I told y'all before I didn't have no certification? Guess what my dumb ass still ain't got? No fucking certification. Now, this is, I moved, I got the job at the hospital in 2007. I could have been got my certification. But you know what? My dumb ass was following these hoes up, buying these clothes, buying these shoes. Didn't even get my damn pharmacy certification. I could have been got it. So now guess where I'm at? Boom. Square one again. Square fucking one again. I don't even have no certification. Here I am. Now, like I said, I fast forwarded a little bit. I'm 23 years old now. 23 years old now. Don't have no pharmacy certification. And I've been working in the pharmacy for about 5 years of my life and I ain't got no certification. I should have been got it. Now to me is one to me to this day is is one of the saddest days of my life because like at that moment you don't never know when everything could be taken away from you. Remember I told y'all the name of this episode is called Humble Yourself. Everything was taken away from me at that moment because I did not have a consistent paying job anymore making now, mind you, I started off at 13. I'm at I'm at $17 an hour now. I don't been there for some years. I was making chemo for the cancer patients. I don't moved on up in the ranks and everything like that. They just let me go. And I wasn't the only one. It was a couple other people that let go too. But I'm, I'm still. I was the youngest person in the pharmacy, so that's what they made it seem like that I was the youngest person. I had, I had, I could easily find a, another job. So now it's September 29th, ninth, two thousand and eleven. Lose my job at the hospital. Saddest day of my life. And around October first that's when the mother of my son tells me she's pregnant. Yeah, so here I am with no job, just lost my job, and the mother of my son tells me she's pregnant. I don't have no way of taking care of him because I don't have no certification for a pharmacy, and I don't have no money, well, I, I could have saved money, but I didn't. I was young. Nobody taught me how to do that. That's something that you learn in life, too. You know? So, no certification. No money. No job. They gave me a severance package, though. I think the severance package, if I wasn't mistaken, they gave me, like, it was like another check and a half. So, I got laid off on September 29th. I probably had enough money to last me to, like, Thanksgiving. After that, it wasn't even Thanksgiving. I ain't gonna lie, it probably was like the beginning of November. It ain't even Thanksgiving. Beginning of November. And um my, my my son's mom, she's pregnant now. So now back at square one. I had to realize I had I had a, life had to kick me in the ass for that one reason. You know what I'm saying? And and the reason was, don't never in your life, anybody that's listening to my voice right now, never in your life think that your life is better than somebody else's. Just because you got a better job. Just because you got better clothes. Just because you in the club or or you popping in these streets. You know what I'm saying? Mind you, I, I was on the radio too. I wasn't getting paid from the radio, but I was on the radio. I was interning on the radio, so people heard me. Cause I was doing so good with the parties with my homie. Now I got on the radio. You know what I'm saying? So now I'm on the radio. That's all I got. It's just entertainment. Uh I I, I was I was like, well shoot, I might as well put some real hours back at the, well put some real hours at the radio station. That was the only thing that really kind of kept me sane after me losing my job. So I was trying to find another job, other places. And um radio was it. Radio was it, so I'm just letting everybody know right now. Like, don't like I said before. Don't let don't let nobody, don't let no job make you feel like you better. Don't let don't don't let no move feel like you better. Don't let nothing. And I know everyone already knows this, but there's somebody out there listening to this right now that's like, damn, I really should humble myself. I don't know when shit could be taken away from me. Here I am right now, 23 years old, having a baby on the way. My bad, 24. 24 years old, having a baby on the way. Got a baby on the way. I Don't have no job. I ain't got nothing. But you know what I do got? I got a fresh pair of shoes. Got some nice clothes. Got a nice apartment I'm staying in. Got a car, it's paid off. Humble yourself. Humble your fucking self. This materialistic shit don't mean shit, man. Materialistic shit don't mean shit. I'm telling y'all right now, it don't mean shit. It don't mean nothing. It's nothing. All this is nothing. It could be taken away from you right now. It could be taken away. You humble yourself. Blessings will come. But you got to humble yourself first. So, fast forward again. My child is born. I found another job. It was at another hospital, but I wasn't making as much as I was before. I take I dropped down from I was making seventeen when I when I got laid off from the hospital and I found another job making nine dollars an hour again. (laughs) That's a big difference. Nine dollars an hour, like goddamn, like I was just making seventeen like four months ago. But at that moment in time I knew I got a son on the way. I need a job. So $9 $9 an hour, I'll take it. It was at another hospital. I I was working in the pharmacy, but I wasn't doing the shit that I that I was. I wasn't making no chemo. I was a pharmacy delivery driver. All I did was take drugs from one part of the hospital to the other part of the hospital. And I had to drive a little car. That was my only job. You know how damn embarrassed I was? Like, here I am. I worked as a pharmacy tech for five years and I could not even find a regular pharmacy tech job. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? I'm working as a pharmacy driver at Gracewood in Augusta, Georgia. I don't even think that place is open anymore, but... I needed that to happen in my life. Now, mind you, my son's mother, she's pregnant. She's about to get ready to have the baby. Now, mind you, um... It was very hard for me to pay bills, man. I'm not even gonna lie to y'all, bro. Like, I'm not even gonna lie. Like, I don't even know. To this day, I still don't know how I did it, even though I didn't even really pay all my bills. Like, I let a lot of the bills just go to waste. Like I'm in debt <laughs> from from the bills. Like this is now this is two thousand and twelve now. Um only thing I needed I felt I needed was my lights and my water my cell phone bill I didn't give a fuck about that 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 would come I pay that whenever you know what I'm saying I didn't give a fuck about that cell phone bill I didn't like so I got one cell phone bill and I got a light bill I didn't have rent thank God I'm living in I'm living at my granddad's um I'm living in my uncle's house now my uncle don't my uncle don't got married he don't moved in with his wife they got another house he needed somebody to take care of his house he said free rent All you gotta do is pay the lights bills. Thank God. In Augusta, Georgia. But guess what, man? I ain't making no money. I ain't making no money, man. My my I didn't even have enough to pay my lights because I have a baby on the way. So you know what I gotta do? I gotta buy diapers. I gotta buy clothes. Baby shit is expensive. I gotta buy a lot of shit for the baby. So my son was born. I remember I'll never forget this day. I'll never forget. My son was born, and I um, only had a hundred dollars in my pocket. And I think he needed something. I can't remember what it was. I have to ask his mom what it was. But that hundred dollars was supposed to pay my light bill, and my lights got cut off. And they they were cut off. I didn't I, I didn't have no way to pay my light bill, so they were off for the the day he was born. My lights was cut off in my house. And my life was cut off in my house for probably the next three three, three or four weeks because I had other shit to take care of. When you have a baby, you got other shit to take care of. He couldn't even come to my house because I don't even have power. Did I ask for help? No. I could have. But I put myself in this position. I should have got my certification. I would have been and got another job. I put myself in this position. But thank God for my grandfather. He knew I didn't have power, which he lived right next door. Um, my grandfather. What he did was he. Run, if you live in the hood, you know how it is when you, when all the houses are close together, and um, when when all the houses are close together, you know you can run the extension cord uh from from one house to the next. So, when what happened was my my grandfather he um <laughs> he gave me a hundred foot extension cord. And we ran the hundred foot extension cord from his house to my house. And he that's how I was able to have power in my house. Like, just enough for me to, you know, see what was going on. One day my 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 son's mom needed a break. She didn't even know my lights was off in my house. And um what what she asked me, could I take them? And I was like, all right, cool, I'll take them. So, I took him. And we could have went to my grandfather's house, but my grandfather had bad bugs. So, I was like, I'm not going to take no newborn baby over here. <laughs> so, um, we we ended up eventually going to my house. I had power through my grandfather's house. We ended up eventually going to my house. And um, we just chilled. You know, I had enough. Now, this is summer of 2012. Well, almost summer of 2012. Yeah, it is summer 2012. And um, June of 2012, actually. So, um... Me and my son, we sitting in the in the house with my with a hundred foot extension cord running from my grandfather's house to my house. Now, once you know, at the end of that hundred foot extension cord, we got surge protectors plugged up, so we're able. I'm able to plug up the refrigerator and then plug up the 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 air conditioning and plug up. I I couldn't make nothing on the stove, so you know, but you know. I had, you know, distilled water for him, so that's how I was able to make his formula and stuff like that. So, And I stood there, and he he sat there in his little crib or whatever, and um, I'm looking at him, you know, and I'm like, man, I said, I will never, I looked at him, I told him, I said, I will never let you down again. I said, I'm sorry. Like, I'm, I'm sitting down on the floor, like, with tears in my eyes. So I'm like, man, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I won't, I won't, be this kind of father. I will never be this kind of father again. And like, I know everybody listen, I'm not trying to make nobody feel sad. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to make nobody feel sad, but that was the third time in my life where I had to humble myself. Like I, I had to really humble myself. And at that moment in my life, I knew that I cannot let a job or anything deter me from not being able to take care of the people that's relying on me i.e my son so what i did was um oh i'm sorry i'm reading something so what i did was um i told my son i I told i will never let you down again i picked him up Man, I took him back to his mom's house. I said, "Listen, I'm gonna be real with you. I don't have no power in my house." She's like, "Why did you even take him? Why did you even take him?" I'm like, "Listen, you know, I'm, I'm <laughs> not. I just didn't want to like let nobody down." So, at that moment of time, I had to think about what what was best for me. All I got is my experience from the hospital, from the hospitals. So I applied for jobs all over the state of Georgia and all over the state of South Carolina. That's all I had. I said, somebody finna accept me. I said, I know if it takes for me to leave, it's going to be hard, but at least he'll be taken care of. So I left, I found a job, Hilton Head, South Carolina. And, um, lady, she hired me. She says, I mind you, this is a white lady. Now, every boss I ever worked for was, well, I guess they were white, too. Yeah. So, um, this is a white lady. that. Now, we're in the heart of South Carolina where you don't really see too many black people there. But at that moment, coming from Mississippi, I always thought that white people was against me until I moved to South Carolina. Once I moved to South Carolina, I never knew that people were really there to actually help me. White people that were there to help me. And the lady that was out there who was also my boss, Sheila Stevens, that's her name, she um, she helped me find a, a car because my car eventually broke down out there. She actually sold me her car. She had a um, Mercedes. She sold me her Mercedes for $2,000. The Mercedes only had 125,000 miles on it. She sold me that car for $2,000. Not at once. That's what she did. She said, since you're working for me, Um, Just pay me every time you get paid. $150 a month till it's paid off. $2,000? Like, that was, I I never in my life thought of anything like that. Here I am having a Mercedes Benz. Mercedes Benz. I got for (laughs) $2,000. From a boss that I barely even know in South Carolina. A white lady at that. She said she just wanted to see me succeed. You know, she want to see me, you know, be able to go to the next level in anything that I do. So here I am in South Carolina. And like I, I like I said, once again, I, I know everyone's listening to this podcast. I, I'm not, I, I'm just, I'm just telling the story. I'm not, I'm not, I don't want people to feel bad. But I just want y'all to know, you know, like I said, once again, we're humbling ourselves. So here I am in South Carolina. I, um... I eventually started, I was working for her. I'm I'm working, doing really good. And then one day I get pulled over by the police. Whoa. I get pulled over by the police. No, 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 take that back. Rewind. I got pulled over by the police, not not when I was in South Carolina. I was actually living in Augusta, and I got pulled over one day. And apparently they said that I had a warrant. And I didn't know it, so I went to jail. Okay, I got bailed out, whatever. Now, mind you, in the, in the midst of me moving from Augusta to South Carolina, I, I, the mail I was getting in Augusta, I wasn't getting because I was living in South Carolina now. So I missed my last court date. Uh-oh, you missed your last court date, huh? Well, guess what happened? I'm at the pharmacy, and while I'm at the pharmacy working for this white lady that sold me her car, it's two big-ass bounty hunters come into the pharmacy asking for me. Now, this is embarrassing. I, I can't make this shit up. Two bounty hunters come into the pharmacy asking for me. I didn't know who they were. I just I just went and, you know, went and talked to them. They look like regular people. They say, can you come outside and talk to us for a second? I went outside and talked to them. They say, hey, what's up? He pinned me up against the wall. He said, listen, you're under arrest for um, contempt of court. And I'm like, Yo, what the fuck? I'm scared of shit. Like, mind you, I'm in my scrubs in front of this lady's pharmacy. Like, I'm like, oh my God. Y'all finna arrest me at work. Y'all finna put me in handcuffs at work? Like, y'all really finna do this shit at my job? Like, literally. Seriously, y'all finna do this shit at my job. And and they they brought me back into the pharmacy. They couldn't tell, they couldn't tell everybody what I did. But they say he going, he's going to court. I mean, he's going to jail. I was in jail for five days. Five days. None of my friends bailed me out. None of my family bailed me out. You know who bailed me out? The lady that sold me her car. My boss. Her husband. My boss and her husband. They bailed me out of jail. And I'll never forget this for the rest of my life because these are these are really these are white people, man. I'm telling y'all, like, like, like these are white people. This is like this is where, this is another part where I said I had to really humble myself because it's like I always thought up until this point, in living in Jackson, Mississippi, white people was against us. White people was against me. As a black man working in the pharmacy, I always thought white people was against me. And that moment in time when I when I seen that day I was in the when I was in, when I was in jail and they said Moss, you gotta you gotta call. You know you know you know how y'all is in jail. You know what I'm I don't been in jail five times, but you know when you talk and in that jail, you know I'm in Savannah because Savannah now is the closest city from, from in Georgia from from um, South Carolina. They took me from South Carolina, to put me in Chatham County jail. So now I'm in jail. These motherfuckers is on the phone. You can see the people that you talk to on the phone, like in in a in like a little screen. You on the phone, but but you can see them virtually. You can virtually see them. And and he's talking to me. He's like, How you feeling, bud? This is her husband, my boss's husband. I was like, shit, you know, it ain't it ain't too good in here, man. But I'm holding up. He said, Ain't nobody beat you up. Yeah, Hattie. I'm like, nah, man. Ain't nothing like that happened. He was like, um, he said, Well, I'm gonna let you know. I, I looked into your files and um I'm getting you out of here, and like I was like for real. He was like, "Yeah," he said. All you did was miss a court date. I don't understand why they came and got you. <laughs> and then he, he missed the court date. I said, I, "I said I didn't do anything wrong." I said I just missed a court date from you know from a speeding ticket that I I was speeding. Um, you know I, I had a warrant for speeding because I didn't go to court for my warrant. And I missed the court date when I moved to moved to um, South Carolina. So. I'm sorry, I'm, I had to take a break Because I was just really just thinking about like How that really made myself How that moment in my life really changed me Because like Now You know I owe a big debt to them They sold me a car And now they bailed me out of jail And also I forgot to mention this like They also helped me find a place to stay In South Carolina like one of their colleagues was a lawyer, and, and the colleagues that's a lawyer, he lived in South Dakota. He had a, also had a house in South Carolina, but he didn't live in it. He just wanted somebody to run it. So since I was I was working for her, she said, hey, can one of my um, employees work for you? I mean, live there. He was like, yeah. She said, how much would you charge him? He said, oh, $500 a month. Everything covered, just you living on the beach. Nice waterfront. I said, what the fuck? I said, I, I'm, I'm thinking like these, these white people want something from me, but they never wanted anything from me but to see me be successful. And I'm not saying all white people are like that, but I, I can not say all white people ain't against me either. I can say that. So here I am now I moved from Augusta, Georgia to take care of my son. Moved to South Carolina. My son is still in Augusta, Georgia. I will come home and still take care of my, you know, get my son when I come home. Be with him, spend that quality time with him and everything like that. And that part of my life really just, it humbled me because I didn't think all white people was, I, I didn't think all white people was for me to see me be successful. And... That moment, after they bailed me out of jail, they bailed me out of jail. I was in in Chatham County for five days. They bailed me out of jail and said, Brandon, I'm sorry this happened to you. We're going to fix it. We're going to get it fixed. I'm like, how can y'all get it fixed? It was like, well, he said, I already paid your whole bond. Like, when you go go back to jail after you was out on bond, you got to pay the whole thing to get to get out again. So he paid my whole two thousand dollar bond, the whole thing, and I had, only thing I had to do was go to my court date to get it annulled. So this is when I, this this is one thing I learned how white people use their resources. So the guy's house I lived in was a lawyer. Remember I said that. My boss called him and told him what happened. He asked me the story, and I told him the exact same thing that happened. He did some research. He saw, seen I was talking, saying, talking the truth. He called the um, DA over there in Georgia, and they lifted my case. That quick, gone. My my shit gone. I ain't had to pay shit. Didn't have to go back to my, back to court. They gave my boss back his money, and I'm back working at the pharmacy. Just that quick all right man it's about 48 minutes i'm wrapping up on this part on this um on this podcast right here this is part one of the Mars podcast part one of the Mars podcast i had to say that twice because <laughs> i don't want everybody to um feel sad with the story I just just want y'all to know man listen like comment subscribe um i'm trying to to do this podcast every week i'm about to record part two right now so when you're listening to part one just go ahead and listen to part 2 after this cuz um it gets it's 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 another part of this story of my story that I want everybody to know but um i'm about to wrap things up this is part 1 of the, of the moss podcast moss stands for motivation over stressful situation man once again thank you all so much for listening and humble yourself